MLM Nation, episode 721. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. Hey, MLM Nation, it's Simon Chan, and thank you so much for making my book, The Consistency Pill, a bestseller. It hit top five in four different categories on Amazon this week and also hit number one for multi-level, and I appreciate you for that. If you haven't gotten a copy of the companion workbook or want to learn more about The Consistency Pill, go to consistencypill.com. It'll feature the seven components of a consistency system that will help you increase sales and transform your business. Head over to consistencypill.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chen. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today. Hey, he's a good friend of mine. So excited and proud of how much he's grown. This is the second time he's been on the show. We have Alan Blaine. Hey, Alan, are you ready to make it happen? We were born ready to make it happen, Simon. Thanks for having me on here. Alan Blaine was a contractor with six kids and was a network marketing customer for many, many years before he and his wife, Nicole, finally decided to build an MLM business in 2015. Within 16 months, they were able to build a six-figure business, and Alan quit his day job. Since then, they built a team of over 10,000 people in 10 different countries. At their company's recent annual convention, Alan and Nicole's team were named the number one team in all of North America. This is, uh, like I said, Alan's second time on MLM Nation. He first appeared in episode 379 back in 2017. So, Alan, great to have you back on the show. Uh, I've given MLM Nation a background, but why don't you uh, take us back to your journey? How did you discover your product? Why were you only a customer for so many years? And what made you finally do network marketing? Yeah, well, hey, thank you, Simon. Um, our story, I feel like, is a little bit unique in that we were using our company's products for 15 years prior to launching our business in 2015. I guess I'll take you back a little bit further and tell you I, I was a ba- I played baseball in college, which is where I met my wife, Nicole, who's our my business partner here in our business, and we got married young at age 20. Fast forward to age 28, which was 22 years ago. We're both 50 this year. Um, she she had, was dealing with some serious health challenges, and that led us on a health journey. Uh, neither one of us were really into health or nutrition or anything like that. But that's what led us to our company's products in, in the year 2000. Love the products. They transformed our health. You asked Simon why we weren't involved in the business side of it for 15 years. I think the answer is that I learned enough about network marketing to realize this is a really special industry. I was very excited about it, but I didn't believe, I didn't have the belief that I could do it and in a duplicatable manner, I understood the value of leverage years ago. And I just didn't, I, I know there's many things you can do to succeed, you know, and in sales, you can run ads, you can do all kinds of stuff to move product, but I never could see a clear path to build a duplicatable business where other people could do what we do and it could scale until 2015. So I think that's what kind of held me back from the business side of things for so many years. Well, let's take us back to 2000. You're 28. You have you had some health challenges. How did you discover the product? Was it a friend? Was it a co-worker? Was it a co-market? What happened? Yeah, great question. Believe it or not, 
my wife was subscribed to Christian women's uh, magazine that came in the mail every month. And this particular issue, she read this two-page story of a lady who was missing organs and just talking about her health challenges and and how some you know whole food nutrition had changed her life. And this is after two years of struggling. This is after seeing many doctors trying very many numerous uh, different nutritional products, medications, like we were desperate. And um, so she reads this article and it mentions nothing about our company, but it mentioned something about some supplements this lady had taken. And Nicole reached out to this lady on the other side of the country, contacted her, and that's how we learned about the products, got started on the products. And six months later, uh, we weren't dealing with any of those health issues in, anymore with Nicole, thankfully. Wow, that's an amazing story. Not very common. Uh, so you basically reached out to the author. The author was a distributor. Exactly. The author wow, that's that article. Yes, it was. So take us back. Um, you were doing your contracting uh, and you didn't have that belief in duplication. What changed? Well, we were obviously sold on our company's products, being a raving fan for 15 years at that point. I just, and we're, and our company's been around over 60 years and nobody to this day, I mean, 99 out of hundred people don't know their name here in North America. And partly it was because they just didn't know how to market themselves. And so I looked at this company that was manufacturing these incredible food-based products that didn't know how to market themselves. I mean, didn't have basic stuff that we have in this industry and have had for many, many years, like websites that work and, you know, monthly recurring orders and, and things that are kind of critical referral programs, things like that. They didn't have that during those years that we were consumers. And I think the big thing for me was they came out with a referral program where customers could refer other customers and start getting their products free. And at that point in time, as a customer myself and a business owner at the time as well in construction, I, I, I understood the power of word of mouth marketing. I understood the power of customers referring customers. And if we could tap into that, then we've got something really special, especially if it's based on you know a solid foundation and great products, which I already believed in. So I, for me, Simon, that was the game changer to, to start getting me looking at this business model and saying, okay, I think I can do this now because we've got products that work and a way to incentivize customers to share. That was a big deal. There were other things, but that was probably the biggest one for me personally. Hmm. Okay. Um, so how did you do? You had a lot of success uh, really quickly in 16 we, months, right? We did. You know, no, Nicole, I had probably 200 Facebook friends at the time in 2015. I mean, I only had a Facebook just to stay connected with, you know, teenagers and, and my wife at the time, and she might not even have had 500 Facebook friends. So it wasn't like we had some big online network or presence or anything like that. And we weren't super connected and networked just in general, because I'm kind of a introvert. People don't believe it now. People that join our team now just can't believe you're introverted. You're shy. Yeah. By nature, I am. I, I'm an extrovert by choice. I'm an introvert by birth. And um, anyway, that's another thing, another subject, but it's another reason I'm so passionate about this industry and what I see it doing on the personal development side for myself and for Nicole, my wife, and for others in our team. But back to back to the question, what was the question? <laughs> I lost, I lost um, my train. I thought I got so excited about personal development. Yeah. How did uh, you achieve so achieve success? So oh, yes. Quickly? Yes. Thank you. So, so in those early, that first 16 months, it took us 16 months from the moment we decided to launch our business to the time we were at a six figure income and I quit my job and I came home full time during that 16 months, 
you know, we were just passionate about talking to anyone and everyone we could about what we believed were solutions to their needs. And we had great success. And then I came home full time and, you know, that things, things, we continued to grow, but like I've shared with many in our team, even recently, if you think that every month for seven years is a best ever month and up, 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 the stock market doesn't do that. And nobody's business does that forever either. Um, we had some challenges. We went through some hard times. You know, our business kind of flatlined for a while and we had to make some adjustments. So the first 16 months, it seemed like, man, this is just going to be easy. And then reality set in and we're like, this isn't just going to be easy. We need to figure this out and work smarter and make sure we're not sacrificing our family and relationships in the process in the name of success. So we had to make some adjustments. So what were the adjustments and why did it... um was it mistakes you made or the change in the uh, economic environment, the competitors? What made you flatline? And even you said big challenges, setbacks. Yeah, it, I think it was a combination of things, personal challenges, um, which is why I'm so excited about the book I'm writing, but um, personal challenges. And we made the, the worst mistake I believe you can make in, in building a network marketing business. And, and it's the kiss of death in this business. And that is what took us from zero to, you know, that six figure income in 16 months was recruiting. It was starting new teams. And, and we, and I I see this time and time again with people in our company and in our team outside our business, they, we get to a certain level of success and the business does shift. We do have more moving parts. We do have more people. And so there is, you know, we do need to make adjustments but what we did and what I see many others do as well is we sh- we swing from, you know, 95% re- focused on recruiting to now we've got this team and we go into what I call management mode and we turn into managers instead of recruiters. And there's a very interesting dynamic that we learned early on. People do what you do. I mean, you know, there, there's the saying, you know, people will, you know, listen to what you say, but they'll do what you do or they'll hear what you say. They'll do what you do or you know, said another way, our, our, our talk talks and our walk talks, but our walk talks louder than our talk talks. And so when we take that key ingredient to getting to where we got in 16 months, recruiting, starting conversations, inviting the basics, you know, starting new teams, and we go into management mode and can't figure out why is our business slowing down? Why aren't other people recruiting? Well, it's because we stopped recruiting. I mean, we never stopped recruiting, but we slowed down drastically our recruiting. And so I think that was, that was again, in addition to some personal challenges uh, and setbacks, that was the big thing in the business that changed. Yeah. Um, I always talk, share like the two biggest mistakes. Number one, people quit. And number two, they get into management mode. Like you right. said, the case of death, because it's like, you're the number one in your team. You're the number one salesperson, right? Absolutely. Like if you were in the real estate brokerage, you're the number one salesperson. You wouldn't tell that person, hey, stop selling houses, go train people. Right. And people make that shift. Now I've made that mistake as well. So what made you realize uh, what was like the, uh, it was like a low point or maybe like, crap, I need to get back into this, um, get back to doing what got me to success. What was that point? You know, I I got to share, we were honored this last uh, company convention last month, our annual North American convention to be the, the number one team in North America after just seven years of doing this, which was a huge honor. And even more of a, an honor probably to have six of the top 10 teams within our da- our team. You know, that was super special. But um, one of the things that uh, that I've, I've learned, you know, is, is that, I mean, 
as shared this from stage, even at the conventions, why I brought that up is there's been times in our business, there's been two specific times in seven years. And that this, this is one of them to answer your question where I was really just having a heart to heart with Nicole and myself and going, man, is it really worth it? Can we really do it? Yeah, we were six and now multiple, multiple six figure income earners. We've earned, you know, over seven figures in the, in the business, but we were, I was sitting there questioning whether I could really take it to the level I intended to take it to. And that was the vision I had early, early on when we first started. And it was a big vision, Simon. It wasn't just earn a six-figure income or even a multiple six-figure income. It was really, really big. And anyway, as I shared on stage last month at that convention, I said, you know, if you think that you're the only one that ever has the question, is it really worth it to keep going? Can I really get to that level of success I desire? And you think others like us and anyone else that's had success in this industry never has faced those questions, even if for at least a brief period of time, you would be absolutely wrong. That's what I told them because I I had a couple, I've had two of those moments and I haven't had any for the last probably three years, but I had a couple of those moments and, and, and just coming to grips with it all and processing all and going, man, what am I doing? What, what, what's going on here? And again, we were having success every year. We've had success, but not on the scale and at the rate I was envisioning when I started. And it brought me back to things I've listened to, things I've learned, reflecting and realizing this is it. It's recruiting. If it's up to me, if it's going to be, it's up to me. As that saying goes, obviously I would add with God's blessing because we can't do anything apart from, from him and, and, and all that. But I realize what is the key ingredient to getting to where we need to go? It's recruiting. What is it we want everybody else to do? It's recruit. What would I, what would our business look like if everyone in our team was doing exactly what we were doing in this day, in this moment in time? And it brought me back to, well, if everybody was recruiting, it would look really beautiful. And if everybody was building their new this, that, or the other, or shuffling papers or organizing the Rolodex, that'll date me, huh? Rolodex. Um, mm-hmm. then it's not going to look too great. So that's what helped me kind of recenter and refocus and, and really relaunch. And we went into recruitment mode with a, with a vengeance, so to speak. And it's just been fun. I mean, it's, it's the key to success in this business and it fixes all problems, starting new teams, new energy, new stories, new transformations, physical transformations, you know, financial transformations. It just brings energy back into even half dead legs and, and businesses within your business. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, um, let's talk about challenges. Challenges. You're writing a book about it, right? Yes. A life yes. is coming up. Uh, when is it coming out? It's called Life's Hard Succeed Anyway. When's it coming out? And uh, yeah, so when is when is the book coming out? We're expecting it out next summer. Next summer, okay. 2023, yeah. So give us a preview. If, when people go over challenges, even personal challenges, maybe you want to share one example of a personal challenge if it's not too personal. Mm-hmm. But what do you, when you have challenges, whether it's financial, income-wise, or, you know, personal spouses, you... What, is, what are some things you do? Well, one of the things I've learned through ch- about, there's a couple of things I'd share without bogging down too much on this. I'm really passionate about this book, Simon, and this whole topic, because I think challenges are something that hold so many people back. They think, well, other people don't have the spouse I have. Other people don't live in the town I live in. Other people don't have this, that, or the other challenge, right? And I remember, Simon, actually you shared on that episode 379 when Nicole and I were interviewed the first time, you shared about the swap meet and some mentor of yours shared that, and I'll never forget that, where you said a mentor of yours shared that 
if there was a swap meet and you could, everybody could put all their challenges that we can't see. People aren't going around wearing, wearing them as badges on their chest. But if they laid them all out on the table in front of them and you could walk around the swap meet and you could choose, you could see everybody else's challenges and they could see yours and you could choose with anybody you want to switch with, you more than likely are going to look at everybody else's challenges and go, you know what? I think I'll just keep my own, right? Do you remember sharing that with me? Yes, yes, yes. It's like, you take back all your problems. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll happily keep mine if I knew really what- I don't want people. yours. <laughs> exactly. So to me, I feel like- um, I've had moments, I, we probably all have, where you can slip into the poor me syndrome of like, why does this happen to happen to me? Why does my life have to have this challenge? Why, why, why? It, this thing is getting in the way. But the thing about it is, and I'm happy to share one or more if, if you like, but I'm going to put them in the book, <laughs> all of them, because I just, I want to be an open book, but because I want to encourage people. And that's the whole purpose of the book, which is the second thing I'm going to mention here. But the one thing I've learned about challenges is we all have them. And they, I, I, I kind of liken them to waves. They're, they're coming. We either just came through one, we're in the middle of one, or we, we, the next one's on its way. The, the difference between you and me and anyone else is that the timing of the waves, the spacing of the challenges are different for each of us. The magnitude of each wave is going to be different. Our challenges aren't all equal in, in measure, right? But it's something we all deal with. And the thing that has helped me the most, the book is all, it's about different chapters are going to be different life challenges I've been through from, you know, losing siblings to losing parents to losing a job in my mid thirties with three children and unemployed, no income living. You know, that was only 15 years ago, you know, and wondering where, what, what we're going to do, you know, and just all kinds of challenges but not just telling stories, although I want to share my story because I think it'll be encouraging, but also sharing principles that I've learned that anybody can apply to any challenge they're facing. And the th- this is the last thing I'll say about it, unless you have follow-up questions, but the principle that I love the most, the thing that encourages me the most is when I go through a challenge, and, and, and I know there's more ahead, is that is part of the struggle that is part of my story. And once I come through the other side of that challenge, however long it may last, now it has given me a platform to be able to encourage somebody else that is going through a similar thing in their future. And if life was perfect and I didn't face any challenges and people came to me with marriage problems or, you know, family loss problems or financial problems or whatever the problems of health problems, and I've never experienced any of those in my life, how I just wouldn't be much of a help. I surely wouldn't be much of an encouragement. I would be limited, I should say, to how much I could encourage, inspire, and, and, and lift other people up. But when I've been through a challenge, I may not have chose it. <laughs> it may not have been fun. But now it gives me a platform to be able to help and encourage others and impact their lives, which is why we do this business. It's why Nicole and I do what we do. So that's a little little sneak peek, I guess, of kind of the behind the scenes of what the book's all about. That's really good. And so you mentioned the thing about waves. So I love that. They're coming. Someone may say, isn't that a very pessimistic view of looking at life? How would you reply back to that? I would say it's a very realistic view of looking at life. And I think it's very important to be inoculated, if you will, or vaccinated, to to use the word loosely, against what challenges are ahead so that when they do come, we're A, prepared to face them positively with a proper perspective. So now I can walk through a challenge. And I'm not saying I do perfect every time, but now I have a whole new perspective of challenges. I When they come, 
I can walk through them going, Hey, this is a story. This is a lesson learned this. And so I can walk through them as positively as I possibly can, because I know they're coming. If I didn't know they're coming early in my life, I thought some, I don't know, ignorantly, I thought I could get to a place with enough money or enough this or a beautiful enough wife or, you know, a nice house or something would just make life smooth. And there is no thing that makes life smooth. That that's what I've learned. So it's better to be prepared for it so that you can go through it positively. Yeah. I like that. And, um, Something that's helped me. I just I was just curious about your take on it. Something that's helped me too. And if by the way, feel free to add this into your book. But something that I've learned is be optimist, pessimist, right? It's like it's like whatever can go wrong will go wrong. So you're the pessimist, but ultimately you're the optimist. You know the outcome, like you said, the part of your story is going to come out well if you are if you are pre, like you said, being realistic and prepared. So optimist, pessimist, like if every little detail, whatever can go wrong is going to be negative because going bad problems will come up, but you're going to be able to handle it and you're going to come out much wiser and learn more. So but anyway, thank you for sharing that. It's, um, I think it's important because I think if I look, think back to the mistakes I've made in my journey, it's like, yeah, you're expecting when things are good to always come good and you don't see that big wave coming, right? right. And then it's faction. I think that over, I think the older we get, we tend to anticipate the waves a little bit more and we're wiser in handling them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, time flies by so fast. It's, it seems like we just did that interview um, maybe a couple months ago, but it's over five years. Was almost, did you know it was almost five years to the date? Since no, I did not know that. I figured it was about five years, but I did not to know. To the it date about- almost. It's like, uh, wow. I think it was like 20, August 20 something, 2017, when it came out. Um, I'm curious, how do you see the profession has changed in the last five years? Mm. And what are some wow. pros and cons? Pros? Um, well, I would say, you know, I know not every network marketing business is in the nutrition space, but I know that's a big part of it. Um, The pandemic since 2020 has made people a lot more health focused. I mean, we saw our business we had in February of 2020, we had our best month ever pre COVID pandemic, I guess you could say. And then the very next month, March 2020, our business jumped by 30% month over month and just continued since not necessarily at 30% per month, but it's continued to grow since it's been great. So I would say it's brought up even a renewed focus on health, which I think has been a real positive, even if you're not in the space, it's just a positive. If people are going to care more about their health, it's also forced those of us that were dabbling, building our businesses online before to really be able to focus on that. You know I mean? We were just starting to use Zoom. I know other companies were and other teams were, but we were just starting to use Zoom at the end of 2019, substantially use Zoom, things like Zoom. And, um, you know, COVID just put that in hyperspeed and just the the way the whole world has gone, it's it's put the, the home back in home business. So it's crazy. We used to do a lot of in-person meetings. I used to travel a good bit in the early years because that's what we were told we needed to do. And partly that was true, I guess you could say at that point in time, although not altogether true, but this has just brought, again, it's put the home back in home business. I mean, we hardly ever leave our home unless we're hopping out on our boat and going surfing. We live on a lake. So, you know, or going on vacation or doing things we want to do. We're not burning the wheels off the tires to try to build a business. Cons, I'm not really sure, Simon. Speaking of being positive, I, I don't really see how it's changed in the negative. I see only, I'm sure there's angles that people see that I don't. I just, I, I believe everything just keeps getting better in our industry and it's exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I feel uh, most of the positives too, right? People are definitely more open to working at home, right? Uh, 
doing a side gig to uh, like doing like, oh, like, like I was just sharing with someone, someone who just graduates from school back then when we were, because we're old, we just get a job, right? Get a job. Now people are like, Hey, no, I want to be an online influencer. I want to do graphics. You, you want to do side hustle, side gigs. So that people right. are way, way more open to what we have. Absolutely. It's amazing. I mean, I, and I don't know, I mean, maybe it's perception too, but I hardly ever run into anybody. And I talk to a lot of people and I typically am leading with the business. I will lead with product. I lead where I hear a need. So I don't force one or the other, but if it's up to me, I'm asking questions, directing around what they do for a living and what, you know, the occupations, because I want to lead with the business. It's so much easier to fall back to get a customer than it is to fall up to get a business yeah. partner, you know? But, um, so I'm talking to a lot of people. I'm, I'm, I'm asking if they're open to looking at what we do often and I just, I just, I honestly, I don't even remember the last time I had a negative reaction to, oh, it's network marketing or it's one of those. Or I know some people get them. I think more people get them than others because they lack the confidence and the belief. And that comes through in the way they communicate, I'm sure. But I, I just don't hardly ever run into that anymore. So that certainly has changed from years ago, no doubt. It's been very positive. And again, people more open to working from home. It's it's exciting times, super exciting times. And, you know, coming into a recession like this, it's just, uh, it makes me excited for the future, not for the recession, but for being able to provide a solution that people are on their knees at night praying for. And we have this miracle in our mouth that we can share with them. I mean, it's, it's a rewarding work. Yeah, definitely. Um, what you said is really true. Um, the number I like to lead with the business, but I always recommend leading with the business. And then you can, I like what you said, fall down to the, fall down to the products. Instead of like right. falling up to be a product. Um, but yeah, I think people are way more open. I don't think, I, I haven't really encountered, when I tell people I coach people in direct selling, there's no negativity. Now, there's a lot of people who don't like kind of have your lack of belief. They don't believe they can do it, but they right. do believe in the profession. So that's exactly. it's like, there's no anti MLM. It's more like anti I can do it instead of against the profession. Yeah. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, how important is consistency to success? It's, it's of utmost importance. I mean, it's, I, I love the analogy of, there's a lot of things you could use, you know, working out, you, you can work out 10 hours a day, one day a month, and you're not going to be physically fit. It's a little bit every day or most days over an extended period of time. So I, and this business is no different. Consistency is key. And now, I mean, I say now it's been this way for years, but with social media, we're so well connected. Everybody is watching. Everybody is watching. And if we're not consistent in what we're doing, the ones that we're watching and wondering and looking and waiting, that we would never know how many we missed that maybe even said no to us initially. And then that that caused them to start watching us. And then they, if they see a lack of inconsistency, I see this in other people, they're they're inconsistent. If they're inconsistent, they don't it's hard to measure how many you know, potential customers and business partners they lost as a result of their inconsistency. So consistency is everything. And, and I love your, your new book, The Consistency Pill, which just nails, nails the point. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for plugging my book as well. Hey, ML Nation. If you're frustrated at where you're at, I have some good news. I finally, now that the book launch has happened, my book is published, I actually have some time for one-on-one coaching to help you. During this program, this is not a group coaching. It's actually hands-on, one-on-one coaching. I give you my cell phone. You can reach out to me seven days a week and I actually hold your hand and show you exactly what to do during the five steps. Everything from your video 
to your presentation. I look at your slides. I look at what words you're using so that you can close more prospects. I hold you accountable and help you grow your business faster. Uh, obviously, I can't take everyone. It's a short application process. If, you go, if you're interested, go to mlnation.com forward slash coaching. Okay, mlnation.com forward slash coaching. Take five minutes to apply. Let me know more about you. And after you fill out the application, I'll reach out to you within 24 hours. Anyway, I look forward to helping you. I really want, let's do this together. Let's make the rest of the year your best year. And I want to help you. You've been awesome, Alan. I could talk to you forever, but I need to respect your time. As you go towards the end of the show, some really quick questions to pick your brain. And these can be quick one-sentence replies. First one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Favorite success quotes? Um, gosh, I've got, there's so many things I think about when I think about success quotes. I think about, um, you know, everything is hard until it gets easy. That That's one, I don't know who said it, but that one is, is it's meant a lot to me just because I love it's perspective is everything. And I think about like people talk about, well, that's outside my comfort zone or, or expanding your comfort zone. Some might say, I like to say, let's, or not, I say expand your comfort zone. Sorry. Someone will say, well, that's, I got to step outside my comfort zone and do the uncomfortable, right? So that it can become comfortable. Well, I like to think about expanding our comfort zone, right? Because if you do stuff enough times that you're uncomfortable doing, what happens to your comfort zone? It enlarges. I mean, it was uncomfortable at one point to ride a bike, to chew solid food, to speak our first words. But now that our, we've done it enough, our comfort zone has expanded. So I don't know. Did, did, that's, that's, I guess that's my answer for you on that one, Simon. What's one habit that's helped you become successful? One habit. Let's see. Um, I'd say personal development. I know that might sound a little generic, but personal development by far has been the most important habit because I, by nature, am not bent towards positivity. I'd say by nature, I'd be more bent. I mean, I spent six years as a police officer and I don't know, maybe just the way I'm hardwired to begin with is I would see the glass half full. I would be the pessimist looking for the problems in the situation. I think mainly because I wouldn't want to be disappointed and let down, Mm -hmm. honestly, Um, but the personal development and making that a ritual, making that a habit, a consistency pill for my day, every day, non-negotiable. In fact, that first 16 months or two years of our, of building our business, I think I shared this on the first time I was on here, Nicole and I listened to over 200 of your episodes in like, I don't know, I forget, maybe it was 300 episodes in, I think it was 300 episodes in a couple of years or whatever, like everyone basically. And that was a big, big part of keeping our head in the game. And keeping you know our perspective straight, and because this business, it's so simple as you know, Simon. It's a very simple business. It only gets complicated in our head. So yeah. if we can keep that squared away, we will win. If we just keep taking steps forward, so I'd say by far and away, personal development has been the biggest thing. What's the best advice you ever received? I kind of I think I shared this a minute ago. I know I shared it a minute ago, but basically, it's to work every day, and I think about this all the time. I want to, Alan we, and Nicole, we need to work every day like we want every member of our team to be working because, you know, they are going to do what we do, not what we say. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect. Do you send a video first, um, a company video, a personal video, or do you get out on Zoom, get on the phone? What do you like to use? Favorite tool, hands down, is a Facebook group. 
Um, we have a Facebook group. We actually have two, one for customer, you know, prospects and one for business partner prospects. Um, and my favorite tool is inviting them into one or both, whichever one is applicable Facebook groups, and then tagging them in, uh, a couple short videos in each, you know, depending on the group, uh, those groups to, to learn more information. And the reason I love that strategy, some call it the ATM strategy. The reason I love it so much is because it's simple. It's duplicatable. It's a way for people not only to get the information, but for them to see thousands of other members in this private group, that social proof, that social validation, and all the success stories, health or business, depending on which group we're talking about, that they can see that you can tag them in. It's just very shareable, very easy. Um, If somebody doesn't have Facebook, and not everybody does, then those same videos are the videos that I would message them. So that's the back. That's the plan B. What's your favorite app that's on your phone that's not a social media app? Oh man, I, I you know what? I know you asked this question a lot, so I was looked on my phone um, just because I've got all my apps on my iPhone. I've got the first page is the twenty apps or whatever it is that I use the most, and then I scroll from there. But um, I was just glanced at that earlier, and I was thinking, you know, there's two that stand out to me. It's well, it's the Boards app. I'm sure you've had people talk mm-hmm. about that before, but incredible. Love the board step. And then the other two are texting platforms. So it's Project Broadcast. I use two for two different purposes. There's a reason behind that. But Project Broadcast and Community. So I started with Project Broadcast and loved it. Inexpensive, great way to go. Um, and then I switched to using Community for larger mass communication as our teams and everything grew. Cool. Um, I know you do personal development as part of your success habit. What are two or three books you could recommend? I two or three books. I already mentioned your book, Simon, and, and you know I, I would recommend that even if uh, if you weren't the one interviewing me. I thought it was so great and so appropriate for our industry. Consistency is everything, and I think anyone that's done anything in this business could would, would agree. Um, I've enjoyed reading a book. I don't think I don't know how old it is, but I just came across it called Direct Selling Success. Uh, from Amway to Zombies by Randy Gage. And that one has been, I've really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Um, another one I've read recently that I enjoyed also was Fraser Brooks' I Dare You. And I double dare you. I read both of them. Um, anyway, you said two or three. There's three or four. Cool. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the direct selling success by Randy Gage is very, very good. Yeah. Excellent. And here's the last question. Do you know it's coming? It hasn't changed in five years. The million dollar question. If you had to start all over again and you knew no one, you didn't even know your wife, Nicole, none of your kids, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom, what's the first thing you do or first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch? Yeah, I did know this one was coming. And it's interesting because we just, in 2018, we moved from Washington State to Nashville, Tennessee. And so we, and believe it or not, there's, I won't go into the reasons why, but we moved here thanks to this business, giving us the geographic freedom to do so. Another plug for this industry, not knowing the name of a single person. We knew one couple here and they moved a month before we came. So we literally did not know anyone in the entire state. So it was almost, if you take out the internet, it was a real case scenario. I mean, study, you know? And so I would say I would do exactly what we did then. And it was getting plugged in. And now four years later, we have more friends in the state of Tennessee than we even have time for. And that sounds kind of weird, but there's so many great friends I want to spend time with. And there's just not enough time in the day. We have to prioritize. It's tough. 
But um, here's the deal. I would get plugged in online and offline to anything where I can make a connection with people that we are like-minded in, where we have some kind of common ground. Why? Because those are the kind of people I want to be friends with anyway. And my whole concept and my whole idea of this business is I want to make a bunch of friends In making friends. We're going to have conversations. We're going to start conversations and through the conversations, we're going to discover needs. And when I hear a need, I'm going to have a chance to invite to a solution, possibly if it's a solution I can offer. And so things like offline things like church and uh, triathlon clubs and my gym. I mean, we, we think we're building our business more online than offline. And we are, Simon. But I started thinking about all the legs of leaders, the, the biggest leaders in our organization. I'm like, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. That. Okay, two came online. And like of the biggest legs we have, six of them were met at the gym down the street, at church, here, there, everywhere. So I wouldn't exclude offline for online and I wouldn't exclude the other, but I would go to places where I had common ground, like again, like church groups, online or offline, like triathlon clubs and things I'm into, fitness, and start relation, start start conversations and build relationships. Thank you so much, Alan. As you wrap up, any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Oh, last words of advice. Whatever you do, don't quit. I mean, no matter what you go through, I would say know that it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. It is not always easy, but it's always worth it. And enjoy the process going through, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful, if you focus on the growing and the learning and the relationships and you take time to stop and no matter how far away you may be from your goal, pause and look back at where you came from and appreciate the growth that's taken place instead of always just looking at the gap that you have ahead of you, it, it'll, it'll keep you in a better perspective for why you're doing what you're doing and where you're going. Uh, as far as getting a hold of me or, or connecting with me, uh, my website is alanblaine.com and I'll spell it just because it's unique. Uh, nobody spells their name like me. It's Alan, A double L A N B as in boy, L A I N no E dot com. And, um, also on Facebook, same Alan Blaine. And if you want to connect with my wife, Nicole Blaine, her Facebook link is on my Facebook profile in the bio. So we'd love to connect with other like-minded people that want to make the world a better place. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you've been, you spend the most time with. And today you may hang out with Alan Blaine. So keep up the momentum, go to mlmission.com, click on the podcast tab, and the show notes of this episode will be right there. Definitely connect with Alan. Check out his website. Check out his up- upcoming book as well. Uh, he is an awesome leader and super proud of how much he's grown in the last five years. Hey, Alan, in order to be successful in life and business and network marketing, you must help others. So thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Alan. God bless you. Thank you, Simon. Hey, ML Nation, I would love to prospect together with you and also help guide you on what to say, how to reply back to your prospects so that you can get your next customer or rep this week. You want to know how? Just go to PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, that's www.PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Hey, ML Nation, thank you for listening Definitely head over to mlnation.com, click on the podcast tab, 
and check out the show notes for Alan Blaine. Awesome stuff and how much is growing. This is a great episode because like Alan said, this business is very simple, but what makes it complicated is the stuff going on in our brains, in our mind, right? That's why mindset's a huge, huge part of it. And I talked, you know, he talked about one of the worst mistakes. And it might be not, I always talk about this, three, um, the three biggest, biggest mistakes, quitting, getting to management mode, on going full-time too early. And he talked about, hey, the number two, getting to management mode, right? This business about recruiting and recruiting, building and rebuilding. And once he got into the management mode, he let the other things distract him. Uh, his business basically flatlined and then starts decreasing and smaller and smaller. Remember, people do what you do. And I'll give you an example. You sign up two people, all of a sudden you stop recruiting, you're focusing training them. No, no, no. You're, you need to focus on sales. Right. I'll give you another example. Is imagine you were the number one car salesman. What and you sold cars? What would you do? Stop selling and start training new re, new salespeople. You wouldn't do that. You would still got, keep on recruiting. This business is about recruiting your way to the top. Because if you spend time training, just spending all the time in personal development, not building, that is what your team sees. Um, the walk talks better than talk the walk. Right. Walk talks. Better than talk to walk. So you got a lot of good ones here. I love that saying uh, he talked about it. So walk, if everyone did what you did today, what would happen to your business, right? If everyone's training, training, training the team, training themselves, and but no one's actually going out there to talk to someone new, what would happen to your team, right? And the answer is it would, nothing would happen. In fact, people would start quitting, right? What If everyone just did something, what you did, even if it's simple as just reaching out to three people, if every year downline reached out to three people and just say you have 50 downlines, if 150 new people being exposed to your product, you know, I guarantee you, you're going to get one or two new customers or distributors because out of one, every one out of 100, even if you have no idea what you're doing, no skills, one out of 100 will be a customer or join. And actually, as you get better, you get better, the numbers are a lot, lot lower. But if you have a team, small team of 10, and you just reached, everyone did 10 reach outs, I guarantee you, you get one customer, new one new rep, 10 times 10. It's as simple as that. You have to lead by example. Set that example. Um, Alan also, I'm really excited about his upcoming book over, uh, about challenges because it challenges, and I, I talk about it, being an optimist pessimist, right? Know that you're going to have problems, but also at the same time, you're going to know how to deal with them. You're going to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to expand your comfort zone, like Alan says. And that is actually how we grow. You talk about the principles that he goes through. Uh, he shared a few, few of those about overcoming challenges. And the waves are coming, right? They're coming. But you're going to grow. And each time you're going to grow, you'll be able to handle more and more of those problems. And you need a bigger problem to uh, undertake you. And by the way, network marketing is just like in any business. Real estate market never go, keeps going up. Neither does the stock market. Neither does crypto. All go through corrections, right? Up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's the same in network marketing business. It's never always going to go up. It's going to flatline a little bit. But that's the time when you need to keep going, right? Keep going. Uh, we talk about the pros and cons and how network marketing has changed. I really believe now is an awesome time, especially if we if we go into recession. Uh, recession is when people are more open to opportunity, right? They want to earn extra money. It's going to be great for the. It sucks for the economy. A lot of families impacted, but it's really awesome for our profession. Um, I can keep going on. There's a lot of other notes here, but I'm going to leave. This is something you want. This is an episode you want to li- listen to it again. Okay, go out there, get into action mode. And if you're struggling, go get some help. But you got to stay consistent, stay focused, and always on recruiting. This business about recruiting. You just heard from someone who's making multiple six figures, uh, having flexibility in his life, earn over seven figures in a profession. It is about 
always recruiting, setting that example, and uh, keeping the business simple. Uh, it may not be easy, but it's always worth it. And amen to that. Hey, thank you for listening. If you like this, please leave a review. Uh, hey, super proud of Alan and his, and his wife, Nicole. Thank you for listening. Loved, I love this profession. If you like this, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcast platform uh, you listen to this. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this amazing profession. Now, it's your turn. Apply what you learn and go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life. God bless you all.